Welcome to Glitch Please, the show where we talk about video games every week. I'm Ashley. I'm Gus. I'm Adam. <laughs> I am Ryan. <laughs> and really this week, uh, Glitch Please is sponsored by Skillshare, who we will be talking about more in a little bit. But uh, thanks to them for sponsoring this update. There are only two episodes left for this year. Spoiler alert, the next one is going to be pre-recorded. We may be wearing mostly the same clothes, unless people remember to bring a change of clothes. Did you? I, I have a different shirt, but it's another gray shirt with black <laughs> writing on it, so it may not look any different. <laughs> I, had a, I found a shirt on my desk. It's over there. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. I've my, got, my closet is just all this shirt. Just, just that's, that so, shirt. That's all I got. That's yeah. fair yeah. enough. That's fair enough. You wear an off-topic shirt it. sometimes. Uh, no, that one got thrown away. Okay, never no, mind. Now it's, it's all just this. Shirt. this. Nice. Uh, so we uh, are going to talk about a couple of things this week. Uh, there are a few news items. This is a big week for one game in particular. Bougie! And we're also going to talk about uh, the glitchies, part one, which is our personal awards for the worst stuff. Oh, of the shit. Don't worry, I got <laughs> I didn't know you had a name for it. Well, we, I mean. It's great. I, I approve. just sort of came Let's up with that, trophies. but I dig it. I dig it. Do you have another name we should be calling? No, the Glitchies is great. Let's get some trophies made immediately. All right. I'm thinking of them as like our version of the Razzies. Yeah. Just like these things need to be recognized for being shit. Can All it right. just be a pile of limp, undressed noodles? Yes. Yes. So battle for That, two. what we're going to do is we're just going to cook up some noodles, put them on a plate, hairspray them, or there you go. Seal however them it is yeah. you make them last, and then we'll just put them out. To be fair, that is... Uh, Many children's favorite food, but at the same time, <laughs> that's because spaghetti and hairspray. You grow out of it. <laughs> noodles are especially the hairspray. You never grow out of noodles. That's true. Ever, ever, ever. So, what have you guys been playing this week? Um, what have I been playing? I, have you been playing anything that's not PUBG? I played PUBG, of course. Uh, I've, I've only played one game. It officially launched last that's night nice. slash this morning. Uh, I've only had a chance to play one game time. in it. Uh, it's before we recorded this, and um, I finally finished Battlefront Two campaign. And that's about it, I think. I haven't played that much. So what do you think of the end of the Battlefront 2 campaign? It was interesting. Uh, it ties into the beginning of The Force Awakens. Yeah, mm. and they, they so, also just released some additional DLC that ties in I've a not bit played more that. with The yeah. Last Jedi. Did they, so did they actually alter the ending of the campaign? Because there was some giant spoiler, not spoiler, uh, just like cliffhanger, essentially, that they were like... Everyone was mad because it just was left there. I think that might be what this DLC is addressing. Okay. Uh, but I haven't played that yet, so I don't. I can't say okay. for certain. So they didn't actually retcon the original campaign. They I don't just think added so. something to it. Uh, yeah. How does it actually tie into the first game? Or the, sorry, the Force Awakens. Um, other, other than ending on Jakku. I mean, I wasn't going to say that because that's kind of a spoiler. Okay. All right. Fair uh, enough. God, Adam. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm not gonna play it. I don't know how many people are. The main we character is Ray's mom. Right, you, you, know, you know what surprises me is um, Bernie's been playing the multiplayer of it, and every time I see him playing it, I just, I vaguely ethically disapprove. But he seems to be having a good time, so I don't want to tell him to not enjoy a game he's enjoying, mm -hmm. because enjoying games is a good thing. But it, I'm, it, I'm conflicted a little it, bit. Like, like, like we've said before, um, this was a game that was provided to me by Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's a fun game. It's a shame that they fucked it up so so badly with the loot boxes. Yep, I, I liked the campaign. Um, I liked some of the multiplayer I played, but just that thing in the back of my mind at all I, I times. Feel, I feel dirty anytime I launch it. I was like, I, I, I'm such a huge Star Wars fan. I was like, I gotta know what happens in the campaign just to see. And so, I mean, that's really what I've been focusing on. I want to go back in and try the multiplayer some more, but my initial impression of it was it was, you know, it was all right to play, but it was absolute garbage if you wanted to play with your friends. Really? Mm. Well, you can't stay in a squad. Yeah, that's right. That's really <coughs> stupid. 
it's, it's a horrible choice. Yeah, no, I mean, I want to play with my squad because if you're talking about a you know a game that's that but massive, but here, how about these so strangers instead? Them. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about them. I didn't realize that. I've never tried to play with friends. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty terrible. So you can party up and be in the game, but then in the game you can't be in the same little it, squad. Squads yeah. are always ad hoc. So they just, whoever's uh, respawning, whoever's they respawning just throw them in a small yeah. squad. That does not make for teamwork at all. I think about previous dice games, and in Bad Company 2, you could squad up with your friends, if I recall correctly. Even in Battlefield 1, you can squad yeah, you can up with Battlefield 1. You can do it in pretty much every other I just don't know why you would game. take that away. Yeah. Like if it's a functionality that you know how to do, why would you take it out? They had some kind of justification. And again, I haven't played the f the game recently. Maybe there's uh, game modes where that's not the case. But in their primary game mode, you know, the conquest mode or whatever it is, that's the way it worked leading up to the release. Um, so maybe it's different now. I may be talking on my ass. But that was certainly the way it worked. And they had some kind of justification like, oh, it's just but you know, you get back into the fight faster and... It's like, eh, that's that's weak. I want to play with my friends. Yeah. Let me play with the people I want to play with. I don't I don't want to meet new strangers every time I respawn in a game of like 64 versus 64. It's like there's all I don't need this whole new shit heap of people. It's just stranger Give me my shit at all heap times. Of people. Yeah. And just just this morning, I mean, to the to the meat of all these problems, um, some analysts again. Uh, lower their expectations for EA again, for and they've, they've already been adjusting <laughs> expectations downwards. So. But it's still in the profit side. They, they reduce their price target and profit forecasts. Side uh, <coughs> poor sales for the company's Star Wars game. Yeah. Yeah. Do, is there any numbers on Star Wars, either player counts or sales numbers or anything like that? We have sort of rough estimates. Um, it's sold millions still, of course, um, but uh, sales are down like. Half. This um, this analyst Cowan, yeah, uh, this analyst says that their fiscal 2018 estimate for Battlefront 2 unit sales uh, is to be between 11 million and 14 million. Yeah, I mean it'll probably still do still okay at Christmas yeah. just because of you know parents buying the Star Wars game kids, that yeah. goes with the Star Wars movie. It's mm -hmm. there is that that very casual audience who doesn't follow any of this that that will appeal to, yeah. especially gift buyers. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that it EA definitely got hurt where the hardcore market's concerned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Though uh, on the other hand, Battlefield One's still doing great. It is, but that's also exactly what people wanted. So yeah, like you can see the contrast. You like you put out this game that's exactly what everyone wants. Awesome. No loot boxes. Then you. Or maybe if it does, I haven't bothered to. You look know, for then them. you try to min-max your profits, and you. Cross the line, and uh, you single-handedly ruined Star Wars. Single-handedly, that's all it took. No, no one has any complaints about anything else about Star Wars anything related. Else ever Everything else Star is Wars roses. related. It's just that. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I couldn't say it with a straight face. So, what are you playing, Ryan? Uh, actually, what I've been playing. Sorry, <coughs> I wasn't going to get through that whole uh, statement without coughing that out. It was a hairball. Um, what I've been playing this week was actually in line with, we got some new hardware for the VR mm, setup mm -hmm. over there. We got one of the wireless TP casts. Oh, cool. You did? It's really good. <laughs> oh, you excited about him? Uh, know where you're going to be after this. It works way better than I was expecting. It really does. I, I no appreciable uh, <laughs> real lag to it at all. That's amazing. No real quality drop that I could notice. Uh, and it made playing super hot VR way, way more fun. Because all of a sudden you're just like, I'm just gonna fucking combat roll out of the way. It's like, okay, you yeah. can do that. The, the the problem being with the TP cast is that the oh there it is, 
The setup instructions are confusing. <laughs> uh, I don't think they were properly translated to English. Um, there are some menus that are kind of nonsensical. And then when you go through the way that they tell you to set it up, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So then you have to take it apart and you put it together the way you think it's supposed to work, and then it works. Which it's weird because they um, they tell you initially basically to unplug the cables from the little standoff box that you normally have mm -hmm. and plug into that. There's absolutely <laughs> no reason to plug into that. You can just remove that completely and just plug into the machine. So Interesting. And when we did that, when we plugged it into the box as their setup instructions described, it didn't work. And the... What was the, the there, help link was? There was a help link that was <coughs> HMD not bright? Yes. And that well, was my, the catch-all for not functional at all. I mean, it's fair enough. I hate it when my hummed gets bright. Yeah. It was very not bright. Really it was cool. completely dark. What are, you, what are you playing in it? Uh, so I was playing Super Hot, uh, mainly just because I'd forgotten how much fun that game is in VR. I mean, even more fun when you're mm -hmm. uh, untethered. Do you play any Fallout 4 VR? I haven't played it yet. Oh. I've, watched, I've watched Jeremy play a little bit of it. Um, have you tried it? No, I really want to, but not for 60 bucks. I mean, I've I played it, it at do PAX. You? Okay. I do, yeah, I've got Fallout 4 VR. Sweet. Have you tried it? No. I played it for I, a bit I was, at PAX. And we're, was... we're just about to go away on the on the break, <clears throat> set up one of the rooms as a VR station yeah. for the entire break, and just go nuts. throw everything in there. Yeah, go nuts. Uh, Teddy, uh, he's he's like our VR fanatic. Mm -hmm. And so we actually we made him a different PC than the rest of us. It's like a small, it's like one of the, the small boxes uh -huh. so that we can put it on a cart, wheel it into another <laughs> room with a monitor on top and then like clear all the furniture out of that room. We're very dedicated to this um, and to, to Teddy having this VR experience because yeah, I just love hearing him like, like just throwing things around, well not actually throwing things, but like swinging his arms around and walking around uh -huh. the room and I feel like he's like, Breathing heavy. I think it's the closest thing he gets He's to exercising. Exercise. Yeah, exactly. So we're all about it. very, very supportive. Well, now you for just the little price of three hundred dollars, um, you can be you can on new egg only. Okay, so this is a third-party wireless adapter for the Vive. Well, that's sort of been the weird thing about it. Is at one point it was even being sold on the Microsoft Store, like it's which I had pre-ordered it, and yeah. then they canceled my pre-order and then gave me my money back. And then the, with zero fanfare, as far as I could tell, we just looked for it the other day and was like, oh, you can buy it right here on Newegg right now. Huh. And Gus it's, bought one and it was there like it was, a couple days later. And we just and it was 300 bucks. Yeah. Now it's, it's, as, I mean, it's, it's steep, you know, when you said. add that onto the already expensive headset and yeah. the already expensive PC hardware you need, <clears throat> it's like, it's really starting to add up. It's, it's I mean, it was like already adding up. Four thousand dollars worth of equipment at a certain point. A lot. Um, works really well though. Uh, it's, <laughs> as Gus kind of described though, it is very, very not refined packaging, and including the fact that I think what happened when they got, kept getting bounced back and forth on their RF, you know, sign off from the FCC. So what they it seems like they ended up doing was now they include a router. Yeah, that's really confusing. <clears throat> you have to unplug your Ethernet cable, plug it into the router, and connect the router to the um, to the computer, and that's what it's using for Wi-Fi connectivity. Jeez. What? Yeah, it has its own so, special router, and if you factory reset it, you're fucked. Really? Yes. yes. Awesome. So I had to. I'll, this since, sounds since, like a prototype. <clears throat> since it takes your Ethernet port, I had to buy a second network card for that computer, so that we could plug. Oh, it the, doesn't pass through actual internet. 
No. What well, a stupid... You haven't tried that. Uh, I have the card sitting on my desk. You haven't tried the pass-through because you're afraid of plugging it into our network. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but for... I mean, there's the assumption is that it probably does pass-through. Got it. Used to. Um, it's wow. weird. That's like not... That's something cool, but it's something I'm not going to buy because... In a year or two, they're gonna they're gonna come out with second gen VR that's gonna be like six hundred bucks and have wireless. Yeah, natively it'll. Well, yeah. yeah, they're already working on that. Did you see the uh, other headset that got announced? Oh, the uh, Magic Leap. Yeah. Is so everyone's Leap? been. Yeah. Uh, which may well wait is Magic Leap the no. toy or is that Leapfrog? I don't know, Leapfrog but it sounds like a toy. It sounds like a toy. The one I always get confused thing. with is the one that tracks your hands. Yeah, wasn't that Leap? I thought that was Leap. Okay. Um, that was but they uh, they finally unveiled the Magic Leap headset, and it looks like the like you a look like, like a huge 80s dork. version of futuristic tech. Yes, it's That's terrible. Actually, kind of cool sounding. It looks so like you, do you were. Do you you see can this see that looks awesome. That does <laughs> what are you talking awesome. about? <laughs> that looks amazing. That looks like you look like you're halfway to the Jurassic Park. You look like an Those are awesome. Everyone you look at will assume that you're looking through their clothes. That's the thing. Can you? <laughs> it's possible. No, do those Even have, if you like, can, those, you can those have X-ray vision? Yeah, it's, it's augmented oh. reality, not yeah. virtual you're, reality. You're asking if you it's, can... It's AR? Yeah. Okay, Okay, gotcha. I thought you were asking if you could see through yeah. people's clothes. No, I did it first. It, that it's was... basically HoloLens. Yes. That's that's cool as fuck. Okay, what you say? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how you could think those. Are, I mean, like, yeah, they look, just, they look nerdy, but they're so still, like, like top heavy. I don't know. There's a, there's another picture in the announcement though. If you click on the link, and it's him standing up in the middle of a room, like, there you go. See? Again, looks super cool. That does not look super I think cool. Oh uh, yeah, think totally he, fine. Uh, that guy's from the future. That's a time like traveler yeah. who's come to warn us. You guys are afraid to adopt the future. <laughs> okay, the future. You can already tell by the fact that it, like where the headband angles and how it's sitting on his nose that those things are constantly trying to escape down to strangle your nostrils. It I'll does tell you, look I'll tell you extraordinarily what's, uncomfortable. I'll tell you what's really two two nineties about this is having the little Walkman attachment on your hip. That's, that's the battery. That's a little too much. Discman, come on. Yeah, and it's not wireless either. So this is the cable goes out there and connects to both sides on the back. Uh, Oh yeah, I would still call that wireless. That's like saying that the TP cast isn't wireless. You gotta have That's a fair. belt thing. That's fair. It's, well, it's not hooked up to a, a separate computer. Just put that does battery on the head. Computer. No, I think the, the Hollands doesn't really. Oh, uh, I think that the the it takes a slightly different approach where the pack there is not only battery but also processing, whereas the Hololens has processing up All in the on the head. on the visor. So it is yeah. certainly smaller than the Hololens. And and for those but the Hololens was not that uncomfortable. And and for our audio listeners, it basically looks like. A crazy pair of space goggles. Looks like the like Jurassic got, Park goggles yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. got, it's got two expensive. separate Put eye things. <laughs> um, but overall, it looks sort of weird. Also, looks a little bit like uh, Captain Dynamic. <clears throat> oh yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I think they're cool. I you can tell he's having haters. to like cock his head back a little bit though to keep him like. Uh, right. Otherwise, it's just gonna those keep are, those sliding look down. clearly photoshopped on, but maybe the photo is low resolution. <laughs> I can't tell. What have, been, what have you been playing, Adam? Uh, I w have so many games that I haven't played this year, and I decided to go back and play one I've already played, <laughs> and I've been playing Neo. Uh, nice. It's a great, like, that game is so good. It, I think if Zelda and Mario hadn't come out, that might have been my game of the year. It's definitely the one I put the second most time into. Um, but it's like Samurai Dark Souls, and it's so challenging, but so deep, and I don't have too much to say about it that I didn't already say on the previous uh, podcast, but... The game's real good. Like it's 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 samurai themed. It has a lot of Dark Souls elements. It also has a lot of Ninja Gaiden elements. 
the combat's really tight. There's a lot of different weapons you can use and master all their different like stances. Um, I don't know. It's a really hard game, and it's really fun to get your ass kicked and then overcome those challenges. Uh, but that, if you have not played Neo, it's definitely the best action game that came out this year, bar none. That's which is saying something because yeah. this was a pretty good year for a lot of games. Yeah, uh, I've been. Uh, I'm happy to report I managed to progress in Okami. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Oh, you fixed your problem. No, by loading a previous save. Oh. Uh, so I got a lot of really lovely, very helpful uh, tips via uh, comments and tweets saying just draw. It's smaller that draws it further away. I did try that. That was the second, like the second thing I tried. Um, but I think what happened here is uh, in this tutorial, you are like you're frozen. You can't move your camera. It puts you in a spot, and it wants you to draw it in this very specific area. But uh, around that area in the game, there is grass, and there is a bush, and they're near it, and I think what's happening is there, there's, there's some invisible geography there, or mm. geometry that's blocking it. So when I draw it, it just drops it straight to my feet. Mm. So uh, I ended up reloading a previous save, managed to get through it, uh, I may have figured out a solution <laughs> in that second time because uh, it did happen once and then and I was like, oh God, uh -huh. tried it once more and it worked fine. Um, but I think it's because I managed to blow up the bush that's like on the left hand side. I think that might be what's <laughs> actually blocking you from placing the bomb. So destroy all properly. foliage first. Yes. Foliage. So I, if you like draw the bomb off to the side and blow everything up, you might clear the geometry and be able to do it. But regardless, I got past it on my, uh, like once I reloaded and got through it again, and that's great. I really enjoy the game, but I had this, I was having this weird thought when I was playing it last night that, you know when you're a kid and then you grow up and you move away and you you go back home and you visit and you're like, I everything seemed bigger. Yeah. It, I got that impression. I was like, all of this seemed, like a like a bigger like a grander, grander scale <laughs> somehow when I was playing it the first time and maybe it's true that I've been spoiled by the sheer bulk of landmass in something like Breath of the Wild where if you see something you can get to it but it's going to take you a really long time whereas as a magical wolf god I can run across any given area really quick and so I had you know I'm I'm having this weird sort of like scale issue where I expect things to be bigger than they are. Uh, but the game still holds up as far as being really fun. It's a lot easier than I recall it being, uh, but overall, I'm so happy to have it back. <laughs> I really am. And I started playing this game on PC called um, Castle Story. The game looks pretty all right. It got, it's, like, it's, it's yeah, kind of up and down. It's all right. Um, it's, I don't think I'm going to stick with it very long. I loved the idea <clears throat> of building up like a castle yeah. and the fortifications. And I was like, in my head, somehow I was picturing like, I'm going to learn how castles worked. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's really not quite that level of, of involvement. But you do build up, you know, you build your blocks. And in order to get the blocks, you have to go get someone to, mine stone Warning. and you have to dedicate resources to that and then they're not uh, harvesting wood which you also need to build these other things so it's very it's you know it's balancing resources and all that to get uh, and having storage areas and then being able to like iterate on things You're like well I need the uh, I need wood for this and then I need to build this and then I can refine it into this and then it <coughs> builds these additional pieces <coughs> so it is very much about um, 
like building and refining and iterating on things. Uh, so I'm, I'm having fun with it, and a lot of time disappears very quickly as well. I was playing it just like, oh, I'm just going to do this thing really quick, and then like four hours went by. <laughs> so it, you know, it's a good time waster that mm -hmm. way, um, and I enjoyed it. I just don't know how much more I'm, I'm feeling driven to play it. Mm. But it's cute. It's fun. It's fine. Yeah. I'm always impressed that. Gilby knows every game you talk about. You're like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, I looked at. I, I've seen that one. I, I have this. I, I've never heard of that game before. It's is. It was on the subreddit that came up with an update a few months ago, and they were like, hey, it's it's cool. Yeah, I have a suspicion that just like between these episodes, he just sits there and he he looks at every single Steam release that comes out <laughs> and memorizes it. Not recently. I, I'm still trying to find a new. Like, I need a new indie game to play. I want something. Um, I'm about to try, uh, based on the recommendations um, I got from people, last week we were talking about, uh, I was trying to play some game where you are basically like a shopkeeper for heroes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my um, God. And uh, everyone was telling me <coughs> that it's uh, Reketeer. <coughs> and so I bought that, and I'm going to play it. That sounds and awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. That you, yeah, like you decide, you have your stock, and you have to decide what you're going to sell it for, and you got to keep your shop going, and you have to pay down a debt or something, and you decide how you get the stuff. Like, you might have to go out adventuring and collect a bunch of stuff and then take it back to your shop and sell it. That's, so Yeah, well, that game looks sweet. What's it called? It's called Moonlighter? Uh, well, uh, Reketeer. Oh, maybe Rec I think of totally different but, but Moonlighter is another one that's been recommended. Yeah. So I don't think it's out yet, but it looks cool. I have an okay. indie game that actually just left Early Access and hit 1.0 today. <laughs> that, uh, you may be interested in. I'm not interested in Speaking it. Speaking of that, let's, uh, uh, that, that is actually one of the items I've written down here, so we should talk about the news. But before we do that, I do want to say a big thank you to Skillshare for sponsoring this episode of Glitch, Please. Skillshare is an online learning community with more than 17,000 classes in design, photo, and more. A premium membership gives you unlimited access <laughs> so you can improve your skills, unlock new opportunities, and do the work you love. Skillshare believes in accessible learning, and the price reflects that. An annual subscription with unlimited access is less than $10 a month, making it one of the best deals you can find for online education. They've got some really cool classes on editing in Premiere, um, if you're interested in cutting your own Let's Plays, also designing logos and artwork, basically turning you into like a one-man entrepreneurial machine. Um, I've done a few on creative writing that I really enjoyed that taught me new ways to look at the process. It was really, really cool. Uh, but they've got tons of stuff across like art and writing and photography and business and technology and, and film and more. They've got like these classes on how to use DSLR. How would you, how to light moody chocolate photography, which... I just mostly makes me hungry, but it's also really cool to learn. Yeah, you know, you get like the there's you get like the nice dark background, and then it's just a drizzle of like there's dark chocolate with raspberry drizzles over it, and maybe a little mint leaf on. You lost me at dark chocolate. It's, I'm a milk chocolate guy. What? No, oh, you know. no, dark chocolate <laughs> is the your, best. Uh, you gotta love all chocolate. Um, but they've got really cool <laughs> things on like, what makes a like what makes a logo as far as typography and iconography, and they've got really cool um, lessons about all that stuff, which is, like, it's fascinating to learn what goes into things that you see every day that you don't think about, and you learn a lot of it, too, that you can just immediately implement, especially if you're trying to, like, start your own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I we, mean, yeah, yeah, that's uh, such a wide variety. I'm looking at their website right now. So many different... Lessons. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, so the first 200 people to use the promo link we put in the description will get your first two months free to try out, risk-free. Sign up now and receive a two-month free trial. Go to this URL is very specific. It's skl.sh, like, see, like, like Skillshare, uh, 
slash glitch4 to start your trial. That's skl.sh slash glitch4. And uh, we'll have that link in the description as well if you don't want to type it all the way out. Uh, the first 200 people to sign up get their first two months free. It's definitely, definitely worth it, especially, especially if it's free. You can learn all kinds of stuff without paying a dime. Now, let's talk about news if Ryan has finished dying from coffee. I'm, I'm trying. Are you okay, buddy? What's wrong with you? I'm now? okay. No, it's no, phlegm. <laughs> phlegm. All right, let's talk about current events and phlegm. Confirm. <coughs> All right, so, of course, the big news today, the news that Gus is very, very excited about. A certain game has hit 1.0. This is big news because this is a game that released in early access in March of this year. Early access what a games, a lot at yeah, times honestly. will be in that stage for years and years and years until everyone forgets about them and then if they ever do come out no one cares but this game actually managed to release fully in the same year that game player unknowns battlegrounds and it continued to gain popularity throughout the year like you said Absolutely. lots of times something leaving early access is past its peak no one cares anymore i think at this point battlegrounds is still bigger than it's ever been, and still continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. um, like I said earlier, I was only able to get into uh, one match. We were filming in the morning right now, so what, I was only able to play one game this morning. What were the what are the 1.0 notes? Like, what's changed? Um, uh, they, they, so they moved a lot of the stuff that was in test server like the into new map. release. Okay. Uh, the replay system is available. Mm -hmm. They overhauled the uh, UI. UI is very different. In and a good way? Yeah, I think yeah, it was, it it's a lot better, a lot more polished. Uh, and I feel like the shaders have changed a bit. Like it, you think it, so? Yeah, it looks a little different. Let's see if I can look up the actual uh, uh, Like that, the, the patch notes. They've added in vaulting now. Is, is oh, vaulting. That's a, big, that's a big deal. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty amazing to be able to do that now. It's such a, a weirdly small thing, but I haven't gone through a door since I've had that option. I think it's a I real testament to the core gameplay of PUBG that it managed to sell millions of copies on what was ostensibly one map in one mode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the vast majority of games, that's a fraction of a checklist. Uh, and it managed to be an entire game with that. Admittedly, that the, the one map that it had up until this point was huge. Yeah. Uh, and every time I would ask people, I'd be like, doesn't it get a little bit samey playing the same app over and over and over? And I always said no, because with the with the uh, area of play contracting more or less randomly into all these different areas, you never end up having the same encounter in the same spot twice. Pretty much, yeah. So it really does change up, and the, the scale of the map helped to mm -hmm. make that a reality. But still, very <coughs> impressive. So I found the full patch notes. Okay. It's, it's quite a bit, so I'm just going to kind of quickly Hit the, go uh, through highlights. Run through the highlights. Uh, so ah. several different crash fixes. Um, the replay system is fully fleshed out. Tons of different options here for that. Um, added an option to remap replay function. Even more bug fixes. I mean, seriously, the There's bug a... fixes is in here twice. Wow. Um, let's see, lobby, added the replays mm -hmm. menu. Gameplay, uh, just the size of Miramar's first blue zone. Uh, some, looks like some modifications to the Winchester 94. What more weapon modifications. Uh, let's see, animation, new animations for the Winchester 94. Increase the fuel efficiency of pickups. <laughs> well, that's uh, important. Removed rainy and foggy weather from Erangel. Test server only. That's interesting. Hmm. 
Um, Maybe it's because uh, just from a pure world building perspective, it doesn't make sense to have lots of fog in a desert. No, no, no. This is the original map. Iran goes oh. the original map. Oh. oh, I was getting them. Yeah, I was getting them swapped to my brain. Um, then, yeah. Rainy, huh. though. Well, Rainy is such odd. a common. Yeah. Uh, Reduce background uh, volume and lobby. Background music, sorry. Um, then an another section for bug fixes. <clears throat> it's a lot of bugs. And uh, I wonder if they grouped the bug fixes somehow. They've got like some weird unspoken theme. One's that uh, Ted fixed, one's that uh, <laughs> Bob fixed. Oh, the last bug fixes were in, uh, from previous, pa from previous oh, patch notes. That's why. Okay. Um, so you've got to play one game. Mm -hmm. You said the shaders are a little bit different. I felt like it looked different. There's nothing in the patch notes about it, but I felt like it, well, I played on Erongel, and uh, I felt like it just looked a little little sharper. Maybe it feel it like there's a sharpening now. filter on yeah, it. Yeah. It's not, not like it's actually higher quality. It looks like right. if you applied the sharpen filter in Photoshop a little bit to it. Oh. Yeah. That usually can look a little weird. It can be. It's it's yeah, it's like a, almost like a little more vibrant. A vibrant makes it sound, I don't know, like like it's too poppy. It's like harsh. Yeah. It looks harsher or some that's the only way I can really describe it. Maybe uh, they moved the sun closer. It could be. And got rid of the rain and fog. Right. So there's nothing constructing it. Burned it all off. Um it's I mean, I haven't played any since it's released to 1.0, but I've been playing on the test servers a lot, which is basically the version that's moved over. Um, I mean, I think what's interesting about really its transition from early access into, you know, a release title is that there's not like it's any more content in it than many of the other games that just languish in early access forever. They Many of the games that are still just riding out... Uh, Early access could have gone full release mm -hmm. yeah. uh, a long time ago if they wanted to. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of games when they go to leave early access into 1.0, it's like a big content update with like 40% of like the game unlocked and like all things like that. Like you know, like a whole single player mode or whatever it might be. But I feel like there's not not, not that there's not a lot here. But they got the like, new map. The new yeah. map hit. Like public, for right? The first time. Yeah, because it hasn't been on the test <laughs> server, which admittedly <laughs> is still in like the top ten Steam games. Right. Yeah, well, the test server is free too, right? Yeah. If you own the game. If you own the game, yeah. So it's not like anybody that owns the game could have played. Plus, it. also, I mean, I think that's the difference you're talking about. Like a lot of you said, early access games have a big push when they go to 1.0. Like they're a lot more polished. They're also probably more than thirty dollars. Yeah. I think that's where you know Battlegrounds gets a little more leeway. Is it's like a thirty dollar game. It's like okay, you get this stuff. I'm thinking. I mean, more, I'm not complaining about games. the lack of content in it. It's I just think it's it's different. Yeah. yeah. It's just the, the, it seems like a lot of other games were more reticent to go full mm. title, full release, in maybe in states where they easily could have. Yeah, I, I am proud of of Battlegrounds for doing it though, and they did they did their bug fixes, they did their polishing, and they got to a point they said we're ready to go now and flip the switch. And of course, it immediately crashed this morning. Well, yeah. yeah. I wonder, do you think it had anything to do with like player load of people immediately jumping in to who, see? Who, who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Hopefully, it's not a, not a bad sign. Hopefully, they get their stuff together. I looked right now. There's a, as of 19 minutes ago, there's 1.6 million people playing. And this is, this is morning. This is the low point. Mm -hmm. That's insane, That's dude. crazy. Um, you know what else is crazy? The return of paid mods, but perhaps done correctly. Mm. Okay, so... You're talking crazy. No, okay, so here's what it is. You guys know Nexus, right? Yes, Nexus the, mods. It's like yeah. the, yeah, like the one of, if not the largest uh, mod communities online. Uh, they are introducing their take on paid mods next year. 
Uh, but no, no, stay with me here, Adam. Uh, stay with, stay with me. I can, that is I can a see the scowl. Brow. Um, but uh, instead of what Bethesda is doing with their whole creators club setup, they're here's what they're doing. They're creating a target donation pool every month, so it's it's donation based. There's no money required for anything. Um, but they're going to set up a donation pool where they're going to uh, they're hoping to raise between five and ten thousand dollars per month. And then they'll distribute that pool among mod authors who opt into the program based on the number of unique users who download mods from them. This sounds like YouTube Red. Hmm. Yeah, a little bit. It sounds <laughs> exactly like YouTube Red to me. A little bit. Um, uh, and then the money from that pool, they can cash out via PayPal, Amazon gift cards, or uh, Nexus is going to open the storefront where they can buy software licenses or games or whatever. Interesting. They're, the goal... I mean, you know, with a pool of that size and the number of mod creators out there, no one's going to be making a living off this. And it, but it might buy someone a couple beers per month and feel a little bit like they got that. You know, they got some acknowledgement, sort of, yeah, of work the work that they put in. Yeah, um, but it's all. It's donations, so no one is being forced to pay anything. It's opt-in, so if mod makers don't want to make money off, or if their maybe their mod <coughs> is just a is like a an, an iteration of another mod, they can also uh, gift their like their pool takings or whatever to another modder, hmm. um, either in like recognition or I'm sure there will be like some sort of community economy there. Uh, there are still questions. Obviously, like you're gonna, you always get uh, mod authors who use other mods as a base for what they then build, and you know it's not clear how that sort of thing is gonna break out, which may also come back to self, like community policing of like takings or like who can opt in for what. Uh, but I think it's a really interesting alternative that's being shown for how mods can generate some kind of financial revenue <coughs> for the mod makers because every mod takes work. That takes someone's time. And I know we're, we're used to getting them for free and it's great that they're for free and I think that's really what's allowed them to flourish. Mm -hmm. But it's also kind of nice to you know, have that acknowledgement, it's, right? It's funny you know, the, the comparison you made that you said that you know, no one's going to make a living off of it but maybe they can you know, buy a little bit of beer. Uh, you know, 15 years ago when we started doing, you know, Drunk Gamers and Rooster Teeth, you know, we got like our first ad revenue check and it was like $15. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was Drunk Gamers actually, it wasn't Rooster Teeth. And uh, we thought, okay, you know, we're not making a living off it, but we're going to get a free pizza. Like, you know, we put <laughs> some work in. it's pretty cool, right? right? And uh, we never actually cashed it. <laughs> I think we, we ended up losing that check. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's how, that's how we approached it. Like when we were first starting out was, yeah, you know, it's not... Gonna take, it's not going to be our main job, but it's nice that we get a little bit of something in exchange for the work we put out. Yeah, it's. I think there are a couple other things where, like, this isn't a perfect solution because, for one, it's only things going forward. So let's say your mod was super, super, super popular. <coughs> Skyrim came out. Uh, it was downloaded by millions of people. Well, none of that counts. It's it's only it's like one of those moving forward things, which right. is always the case with something like this, but will also leave some people a little bit sore that. You know, the, the downloads that they've generated aren't counted towards seems it. Like, it seems like the it's, easy solution would be to have a preliminary, like, beforehand donation, and that goes to all, like, the retroactive downloads, and then, then moving forward. Although, with a pool like that, it's like, here's your penny. 
This is going to turn into a nightmare, and these people are going to eat each other. I don't know. You think so? I think, yes. You think this is going to be some Lord of the Flies? I think the the way that those mods work is it's such well, it's a community founded on the idea of everyone looking at what other people did and working off of it. And there's uh, in the intellectual property <coughs> is going to insert itself into this as soon as money comes into it, where people are no longer like, oh yeah, just use whatever mind that you uh, like. I see what and now saying. it's all of a sudden going to be like, no, this is my bit of code right here, and you, you can't just made use it. money off of it. And they're going to eat each other. Yeah, well, that was one of the big concerns as well when the paid mods originally <laughs> launched was there was like some people would basically rip a mod, submit it themselves, like the same exact mod, and then start monetizing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there were a couple of other mods where uh, some of what they had done was based off another mod, and they were monetizing it, and the people who had the original mod didn't want it monetized. And so it was there, there's going to be a lot to work out there. Uh, and it, it may be that some things, it's like, you can't monetize that. Okay, untick that one. And there's a lot of modders out there that right now, if you, you look at a mod, it'll say, there'll be a little question on, on most of the documents that come with it, like, can I use this mod in, in something else? And a lot of them are, you know, very open about it. Like, yeah, absolutely, go use it. You know, just but that throw might credit. change when money's involved. As soon as money's involved, it's going to be like, well, you know, you got to throw me a cut or something. That's going to change the tenor of the, the, the camaraderie that exists in that community. Interesting. Do you think that uh, companies like Bethesda will, if, if any significant amount of money is starting to be made, do you think companies will start cracking down on people making money off mods for their games? Maybe, Cause to especially some cause that's, degree. That's a field that they want to get into. Like They want to start controlling that money flow at some Well, point. Bethesda does. I mean, they have their own yeah. creators club. Right? Well, yeah, that's right. Creation yeah. club. Um, but... At the same time, I think it's very important for Bethesda to acknowledge that one of the reasons <coughs> their games have this incredible lifespan that they do is because modders keep those games alive. <laughs> yeah, you know, I could go install Skyrim on PC right now, install a bunch of these mods, and have tons of adventures that I couldn't have had before, and the game will look great because other people have been putting out these these texture packs and all these shader packs and uh, like all these really great overhauls to modernize the look of the game. Mm. Because Bethesda hasn't been doing that. And it's the modders that keep that alive. Mm -hmm. And so I think Bethesda's pretty good about, like they, they know that, they understand that. They're one of those companies that has uh, encouraged modding to the point of distributing their mod tools with their game. And that's, so that's a good start, mm -hmm. but I do think you're right that it starts to get tricky again when money gets involved because, say, Spider-Man, uh, Sony is like, what the what the hell? Why is Spider-Man popping up in Skyrim? And there's also, I mean, you're, this is a great theory when you're only dealing with people in one country, but as soon as it's mm. international, then it's a whole other can of worms as to who can get paid out. And there's a lot of problems they're going to have to overcome here. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it goes well. Hopefully it's a step in the right direction to uh, rewarding people who <coughs> put a lot of work into these things. Yeah, at the very least, I think it's an interesting alternative business model mm. to, to look at. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then uh, final news item uh, to discuss for this week, uh, A.G. Aonuma has confirmed that they're working on the next Zelda game. <laughs> Not a huge surprise. They, they did put out the final announced DLC for Breath of the Wild, 
Uh, this is the point at which the game has been out for several months. They are they're winding down. There may be some future DLC for <coughs> Breath of the Wild that hasn't been announced yet, but they're looking forward and they're working on the next one. So that brings up a lot of questions. How long do we wait? What's it going to be like? What do you want out of it besides petting the dogs? Lots of questions. So Skyward Sword was the last Zelda before Breath of the Wild, right? Yes, and they started development on Breath of the Wild immediately after Skyward Sword was released. And so how many years was that? I'm trying to look that like up right now. Years? It was a maybe, lot. Maybe, it was maybe, a lot of maybe years. eight years. Uh, but uh, there are ways they can get around that long dev cycle. Part of the reason that Breath of the Wild's development took so long is they did make six years. Mm -hmm. They did make a new engine. Mm -hmm. They did really uh, change the way the game played yeah. from previous iterations in the franchise. So there was a lot of extra work to do, I think. But now they have this engine. They have their physics set up and everything. And in the past, um, in an interview with uh, Famitsu, uh, Aonuma did say, I think that in the future, open air games, I'm assuming that's the translation just for open world games, uh, will be the standard for Zelda. So they have this engine. They've got a lot of assets. What if they Majora's Mask this one? I was going to say, would this be, is, I'm, I'm not 100% uh, up on my Zelda history, uh, but would this be the first time that they actually recycled an engine because no. it seemed like the, no that's what they did okay. kind of with majora's mask so the that yeah. one came out pretty pretty quick because mm -hmm. they were able to reuse a lot of stuff from the previous game mm -hmm. uh you know they and they it was it was a weirder entry it was more experimental but it also sort of bridged what would have been a much longer gap between titles otherwise. It's a very divisive game a lot of people did not like the timing aspect of that game yes that's true I'm, I'm curious, but it could be. So, I would be interested to see do, something if they were to make a riskier game using Breath of the Wild as a base. What they could do. So, with Ocarina of Time came out in '98, and Majora's Mask was 2000. So, with that kind of like, if you're looking at that kind of quick turnaround, mm -hmm. then you could potentially see something in early 2019. Do you do you really think we'd get like another 3D Zelda on in this generation? I, I feel like I think it's possible. Yeah, I feel like. It, it's going to be like the end of the Switch life cycle. I, 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 as much as I would like to have one early right. on, I feel like they're going to really... Okay, so let's say maybe not maybe not two-year gap. Let's say maybe it's... Five. Let, maybe, but well, it depends <laughs> on what they do. If they do want to Majora's Mask it, they could do 2020. Mm -hmm. Three-year gap, build something out that keeps it from at least being like six or seven years until the next entry, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's kind of a... Do they make a follow-up to uh, Breath of the Wild, or do they uh, yet again create a whole new Zelda story in a different world? Probably different story, similar-ish world. Because I mean, again, if you reuse the map, then that saves you a lot of time. But at yeah, the, no, one, you no one wants map, to reuse yeah. that map. I mean, it's a it's fun to play through, but once you right. spent hundred, I, I spent one hundred and ten <laughs> hours in that map. I don't need any more. Right. <laughs> like, uh, hmm. Man, I, I, I like. I want them to release a new game, like a new Zelda game. You know, and it doesn't have to like if they were too much as messy. It doesn't mean they would have to do a timer. But uh, I know, I know. It was I like know. such like a weird, different take that they that they did this one. I'm, in in the past, I think before Breath of the Wild came out, I'd say I want it as soon as possible. But considering that they took six years and Breath of the Wild was so amazing, my new philosophy is to take as long as you fucking right. want. Right. But I'll if take... you if you've already dialed in what people really enjoyed. 
it shouldn't be as hard to flip it for a new I, I, also, I almost think that... in six years, will that engine be completely outdated? Hmm. Well, they have to keep building refinements in the engine, but if it's, you know, the platform of the Switch, if it's going to be targeted at that, can't take much more than that. It uh, was already pushing it a little bit. I mean, it's... it's they, <laughs> well, although they maybe can they further can optimize, optimize better, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's not like it's going to get much higher graphical standards out of that hardware. I have to wonder if if they did make another Zelda in the open world style, if, it, if they would make any significant changes to... So I, I had an interesting conversation with my friend who is a longtime Zelda fan, and he <coughs> liked Breath of the Wild, but not that much. And to me, it's, that's insane, because Breath of the Wild is like my game of the year. I spent over 100 hours. It's amazing. But to him as a Zelda fan, he's missing things like the classic dungeons. Mm -hmm. He's missing mm -hmm. things like the... The, the the item progression where you'll get the hook shot so you can access different areas right. and things like that and I wonder if and he like you know a lot of Zelda fans don't like the disposable weapon thing you know I wonder if if they make a new Zelda if they'll go back and change any of that or if they still want to stick to the philosophy of like the whole world's open to explore right now uh, and it's it's a hard I, I get that I understand it's a really hard balance because I would also like I like those Metroidvania Zelda esque things where you run into a door and you're like how the how do I open this door? And then, like, 20 hours later, you're like, I found mm -hmm. the thing to open the door. Well, what, didn't the quote that you read, didn't he say that uh, open-air games are the future of Zelda? Which well, doesn't that, necessarily doesn't, doesn't, mean there's no progression. Right. That I think that it could be done where, yeah, maybe you don't have the tool to get into this dungeon yet. But that doesn't make the game not I mean, have an open-world aspect. Essentially an element that, of that right off the bat, because you couldn't get off the plateau. So you got the, that, but that was the first five hours of the game or so, yeah. you know? But there's no, no reason they couldn't use that. Yeah, okay, they yeah. could. I don't think there's anything in that engine that's stopping that style yeah. of game from being creative. They could. And in fact, it could be a, a nice way for them to give the nod to a more classic gameplay and, and blend it with the uh, with the open overworld. Mm -hmm. And then in or, you add the progression of like, maybe you need a hook shot to get to this thing to get into the dungeon or something. They already had the tools to do it. I mean, if, uh, say, you needed the super jump thing that you get from the uh Rivali. Yeah. Rivali's Grace or Gale? Gale. Rivali. The one that you just shoot way up in the air. Yeah. That could easily have been used as a as a, <coughs> a gateway to access certain areas. Um yeah. even though you can climb everything but there's just a big enough gap. They apparently had a hook shot in the game and they just didn't uh they didn't decide to to, to push it through to release because it was like weird. I don't know. They said you'd be swinging around like Spider-Man, which sounds awesome. That does <laughs> sound pretty awesome. Um and also, Tony's asking why Spider-Man in that Legend of Zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget to say I played through the entire of the deal, entirety of the DLC and I kind of liked it, but I still, like, it. still like to talk about it. I'll talk about it next podcast, right. maybe. Maybe uh, talk about it now. Talk okay. about it now. Uh, I wanted more story. It's all you know. It's the champion's ballad. It's all ballad ballad. It's ballad. Uh, it's like the it's stuff that happened in the past. It's how it's how the it's like how <clears throat> the champions were leading up to the, the battle with Ganon when they I guess ultimately died. Uh, or became force ghosts. Yeah, force ghosts. Uh, but the the DLC is fun. It took me a long time. Probably took me twenty hours. Mm. And I don't know if I'm just really slow or what. But um, it, it adds like in the beginning. The beginning is probably the worst part of it, and also the hardest part of it. And I think it's the hardest part because I hadn't played in so long and getting used to those controls. And on top of taking on this brand new challenge, it's like, hey, you die in one hit. It's like a real pain in the ass. Uh, but once you get through that, you start to you get to go around the world again, and all of the all of the challenges and, and things to explore are already within the, the existing world. So there's nothing <coughs> new landmass wise 
uh, which is kind of disappointing. I would like to see like other stuff, but I get it. Um, and it's it's sort of, it's it's pretty structured. Like each each area with the divine beast, each divine beast has an area, and you'll have to go around and solve three like riddles or clues or whatever, uh, and then that'll unlock a shrine um, or no, it'll unlock four shrines each each time you solve a clue or. Three shrines, four shrines, whatever. Three shrines each. A number of yeah. shrines. Uh, so it's basically Several. it's it's basically a collection of like riddles to solve and shrines, but the shrines themselves are are pretty interesting. Uh, they do make you redo those divine beast fights in in a in like a, with a different limitations, and those fights suck, man. They suck so much. Uh, but then at the end, there's like a, a couple good surprises, and of course they spoiled the. And reward with the release of the trailer when you get a motorcycle that's kind of mm. useless, but it oh, looks, how, but looks yeah, how does cool. it stack up versus a, like a horse? It's, it's like the fastest horse is pretty much as fast as the motorcycle. Yeah. It's fun at first, and then you get into like an open field where you're like, I'm gonna let it loose, and you're just like, <laughs> it's like super slow. So it's a moped. Yeah, yeah. You have to refuel it or anything? You do. You have to feed it items to refuel it. So, you, which is kind of like. Kind of weird, but all right. Okay. Uh, but it's it's, it's like it's, the fucking if you wanted, Mr. Fusion if you wanted, on the Back to the Future car. Yeah. If if you wanted to play more Zelda in the same area and do some more shrines, I think it's worth getting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, the the final thing on today's agenda, the glitchies. Oh boy. Are you ready to talk about some bad stuff now that you're all happy about the good stuff? Yes. All right. Let's talk about some bad games. <laughs> I just put a couple of categories together. If you guys have any impromptu categories, please let me know. Okay. But okay. I have uh, I have some nominations for worst microtransactions. All right. Okay. Uh, most overhyped and biggest flop. Ooh. Okay. And uh, as I was going through a bunch of the games to to think about what might qualify for these different uh, awards. There's, there, it, would, it brought there's, back some real trauma. There's a couple that stand out already, but I'm curious to see what could, you... What you okay. Could flop also encompass disappointment? Yeah. Let's okay. say yes. Okay. This is the most, most viral. Although, or no, let's yeah. say that would fall under overhyped. Overhyped? Okay. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Because okay. I, think, I think flop is... a. Uh, is like all, games all that like failure, came yeah. out and just immediately face planted. Okay. Whereas the overhyped is you, you're built up to expect something so much better and then... Is a turd. Okay, okay. Uh, but they are they they are related categories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay, but let's talk about microtransactions because that was a big theme towards the end of the year. We have a worst <laughs> game category, but I guess we haven't played all the worst games, so we couldn't. We tried to skip as many of those as we could. Uh -huh. Yeah, right. Where possible. Um, but worst microtransactions. Uh, I am nominating Shadow of War for putting loot boxes in a single player game. Yep, mm -hmm. I'm with you. Uh, I'm nominating FIFA 18. Okay. No, Did wait. Sorry, not FIFA. NBA 2K18. Okay. Okay. Because they charge you to cut your hair. Ooh. Like, like you real had, money. You, you had to pay. Uh, huh. you, well, you have to There's pay with this in-game currency yeah. for every little thing, like haircuts, whatever. <laughs> well, I gotta pay for my haircut. It's true. I'm curious, how much does a haircut in NBA cost? Do you know? It's not much. It's like fractions, but you have to pay for every single little thing. Yeah, no. And, and you gotta, you're cutting the, team, the whole team's hair. Yeah, and you know, uh, you can, as always, do it through in-game progression. You can earn all of that and then pay for all the haircuts you like, but... So stupid. Yeah, it's real stupid. The, oh my God. the fact that, like, you could just pay real money to cut your in-game hair oh is, my God. is <laughs> silly. What if we rot? Didn't, didn't WoW have a, 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 a microtransaction for haircutting, or was that just in-game currency? 
Yeah, WoW never had like a real currency exchange. So you would pay right, in-game gold okay. for I was just, I, for some, Yeah, okay. All right, I'm with you. Uh, okay. I'm also nominating Battlefront 2 for being Battlefront 2. Mm. I mean, I think that one's got to win. Yeah, and they did. Now, they did take the microtransactions out on launch day. Temporarily. Right. But <coughs> it's it's staying in because they still put, like, that. they made that. Mm -hmm. They yeah. made that with intention. I mean, I'll speak up for Shadow of War. Uh, I played the whole campaign and never once needed or cared about. Did you? Right, did you? One more, did you play? one more nominee. Oh, one more, one more nominee, just oh, very sorry. quickly. Yeah. Need for Speed Payback for turning car parts into a lottery. Oof. Ooh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Or where, where every other car game ever, you save up your currency and you buy the part you want. No. Good luck. Exactly. I like the idea of going into AutoZone <laughs> and being like, I really need a new exhaust pipe. Let's uh, see what I, I get. Spark plugs. Those right. are the only two car pieces that I know. Blinker fluid? <laughs> there you go. Fluid. Uh, so those are those are my nominees. Do you so have any additional probably nominees? Probably PUBG went through a phase there where it was universally deplored. For Oh, uh, was it the temporary? Was the Gamescom? Yeah. 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 Well, they, they have said and they still plan to implement... Uh, uh, cosmetic microtransactions. Yeah, I think, of course, it's the common early access problem where the game's not done yeah. and they've already started uh, inserting microtransactions. Uh, I thought they, I mean, I don't think it's on the same footing as some of these other nominees that we have. Especially again, because yeah. all of that stuff was cosmetic and yeah. it didn't matter. And people could sell those keys and those crates mm -hmm. on the marketplace. And a lot of people I know made more money than they paid for uh, Battlegrounds by doing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and they're still selling that stuff. Uh, okay, so what was the first one you said? Was it Shadow of War? Okay, so Shadow of War. Like I said, is, uh, it's all right. I was gonna, did you finish Act 4? Like, did you go all the way through the campaign? Now, is Act 4... So, basically, you play up to a point, and then it turns into, like, a... Kind of like a... just. I assumed that it was just, like, post-game kind of grind. Like, the story was yeah. over. So, <clears> that's, <throat> that's the act that I think... They introduced just to try to get you to buy DLC, that or just so, to get your microtransactions. I mean, but I was done. Like I got to that point, I was like, "Oh, I could do that," but no. I got halfway through Act Four, and then I was like, "There's not, an end to it." Yeah, I was oh. like, "I'm not going to do this anymore." You have, you have to defend ten sieges in Act Four, and then you get another cutscene. There's or? another ending, like the true ending. Oh, okay. And then they tie the game into the Lord of the Rings movies. They do a really movie. shit job of, of implying that. Yeah. I got the import, the impression that I was like... You thought like, that, oh, that was post-game? Yeah, basically. It was like, because, you know, you have a, a big thing happens, and he's like, and then, and then he did this. Nope. And, that, and so I had no problem with the microtransactions in Shadow of War until I started playing Act 4. And I, like halfway through, I was like, I can see why this is here. This is here to try to push me into those microtransactions mm -hmm. to buy higher-powered orcs to get through these battles. And that's why I was like, I'm not playing this anymore. And I mean, also were you just... actually having problems with the battles? Yes. Because, like... They become more difficult. Even if you... I mean, it seems like towards the end of Act 3, I was just like, oh, just give me the giant troll thing and I'll just ride that and crush everything. Yeah, until you encounter a bunch of enemies who that enrages and or are immune to it. Yeah, <laughs> and they murder you. It 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 did, it did become more difficult. Okay, it was not a challenge through the end of Act Three. Also, just the fact that they decided to do that in a single player game. That is yeah, stupid. It's a big yeah. deal. Uh, and then uh, NBA Two K Eighteen. None <clears throat> of us really play a lot of sports mm -hmm. games, but. I can appreciate that's how just, awful that is. That's pretty that's bad. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, on um, top of getting I don't real know life what haircuts. version on time to in-game currency is, but 
Yes. Uh, similarly, uh, Need for Speed Payback. It's stupid. Every racing game ever in history, you save up, you buy the thing you want, you upgrade your car, you're done. I Turning mean, it into a lottery is like you are the the. No one wants to have things that they're used to having taken away, right? If you want to do something like that, it's always got to be additive, something that you didn't used to have. Mm -hmm. Not you can't just like take it away and put it behind a lottery and then be like. Well, that may, it completely removes any incentive <coughs> to work towards something. Because you're like, I, I'm working towards just the chance to put a coin in a slot machine. Fuck mm -hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's the same problem with Battlefront 2. Yes. Finally, Battlefront 2. For that, not only was this a, uh, a full-price game with loot boxes, because that has been done, uh, there are successful models where that does not enrage player bases, like Overwatch 2, for example. Or Overwatch 2. Overwatch which 2, is going to be great, uh, like Announced Overwatch, here. for example. At the glitchies. <laughs> but, yeah, you thought the Game Awards had some cool <laughs> reveals? We got Overwatch 2. No. Uh, Coming someday. But that they would put gameplay balance-altering items mm -hmm. in loot boxes that you could just pay money for. I hate to say it, the government's right. That is straight-up gambling. Yeah. That well, is gambling. Uh, <laughs> Apple has actually just uh, made a change to their policy. They are now uh, requiring odds to be disclosed for any loot boxes that are uh, in apps. games published on the Apple Store. Awesome. So, uh, I'm, I'm, at the very least, this, uh, this rough patch, I hope it's just a patch, uh, may be getting a lot of these platforms to self police a little bit even if it's just Hopefully. disclosing what you can get and what the odds are i, I mean think the writing's the, on the wall they have the, to do it or they're going to get regulated yeah, i think easily the one head and shoulders is obviously going to be battlefront 2 yeah. I mean, it's really brought this to the forefront where i was playing battlefront 2 like i told you i was playing the single player the other day and uh, my wife who doesn't really play video games walked in, looked at it and said, oh, isn't that the game everyone hates and that is really bad? And I was like, wow, that is really like, <laughs> it has permeated the mainstream. When, like someone who doesn't play video games knows like, oh, that's a bad game, right? I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one I think maybe should be on this list. Okay. Uh, Destiny 2. People, oh, people yeah. are really okay, upset about. Okay, the, for the Bright Engrams? Yeah, like you, you were in Bright Engrams at a pretty okay pace playing the game, but they do like artificially limit it, like they artificially limit the amount of XP you get the more you play. Um, they added like the, the exotic emotes and stuff like that are all through there, like in, in ships and stuff like that. And on top of that, like the DLC that just came out, the trial, I haven't played at the- Trials of Osiris? It's not the Trials of Osiris, something of Osiris. Uh, Trials of Osiris is like the-, the Curse. Curse, Curse of, of Osiris. Osiris. There it is. Wow, I, you, that got in my head and I was like, <laughs> no, it's definitely, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Trials of, Osi Trials of Thanks, Osiris Justin. is a thing. <laughs> that exists. It's, it's, it's a PvP a mode. Thing, yeah. okay. um, but in, in that, they brought back, they're selling you a DLC where they brought back rehash weapons from Destiny 1. So people are really pissed about that because they took all that stuff away from you yeah. and now they're selling it to you again. Exactly. You can't take <laughs> it away and then offer for money. Right. <laughs> and then they locked a bunch of people out of, which they've addressed. They, they're fixing that. Well, yeah, what did so they do? They, well, they locked a bunch of people out of, you couldn't do like prestige. Nightfall anymore, or well, yeah, they it raised was, the light level necessary to get in because of the DLC, they and then it the, locked people out because yeah. they couldn't get to that light level. Exactly. So, so they, they for did. PC players, that was they like. did release some of those updates that that eased that back, uh, and they ha they've said they have some 
uh, other ones planned and they apologize. They did do that in the original Destiny as well. I think people are more sensitive right now. They didn't. Exactly. You were locked out of, with, they did what they did on this model, which is they locked you out if it happened to be a map that you didn't have in the DLC. But if it wasn't, then you still could play it. They went across the board and said, no, you just can't do it You at can't all. access this type of thing uh -huh. at all. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a good one to have on the, yeah. on the list, Adam. Destiny 2. Ooh. So, I'm I'm going with Battlefront. Going, I, yeah. I just the think that that is that that as much as I dislike any sort of um, loot boxing in a single player game, I think that pay to win at at any level is completely unacceptable. I mean, absolutely. The the Battlefront microtransactions prevented me from even touching that game, and it's a Star Wars game, and I'm not going to play it. So yeah, that's definitely my. I know many people who are. Huge Star Wars fans who are actively avoiding yep. it, and I, so Sucks. I know that it's it's really permeated everywhere. Yeah, I feel like this game's going to come up a lot in the glitches today. But, um, yeah. it is nominated in one other category. Okay, right. yeah, which yeah. makes it two out of three. But you know, it it did get out of one. It's it did. One. Nice. Uh, so we're saying Battlefront two. I think Battlefront. The glitchy goes to the the pile of noodles <laughs> and hairspray goes mm -hmm. to Battlefront Limp two. Limp undressed noodles. Ooh. That's my thing. No butter, That's nothing. No butter, no nothing. No salt in the water. Overcooked. Stuck together. So it's gummy. Yeah, just gross. Just gross. Uh, all right. So uh, our next category, uh, most overhyped. Now I have three. Uh, I have. No oh, man's I've, got, I've got. No, one I, of have, mine. I have. Last year. I have. I have two nominees. Oh, okay. But uh, yes, it's, I will look that. for your nominations as well. Uh, my first nominee is ukulele, mm. because, uh, well. On the it one was. hand, on the one hand, it did what it was marketed to do, which is basically be Banjo Kazooie with different names. Mm. However, I am nominating this for most overhyped because it could have been something really special, and they it could have this really could have innovated like the the that genre of games <coughs> for like the modern era, and instead they just copy pasted. Mm. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, and so, bomb. being kind of pretty is not good enough. And I, I played that game, and I was disappointed by the missed opportunities, the and ones that they didn't take. The co-op mode is basically just an insult. Is it? Is the, the second player just controls like your little bee or bird friend or whatever, and it, it's pointless. Mm -hmm. it's, you're not there for any reason. Hmm. It's, what a shame. it's basically like your like your three year old co op. Yeah, they like can go pick take, up take things for you if they wanted, and that's about it. Yeah, but uh, not only it, if it's on screen clearly visible. You know, and the the game itself again, it was what it sold itself as for the crowdfunding campaign. It's just that it didn't it didn't do it had no ambition. Mm. It, mm -mm. it didn't progress or age with the rest of us. Yes, it didn't grow up. Um, and uh, my second nominee. Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh, for, that's a good one. For being one. just maybe okay after it had announced itself over and over for like four or five years. Yeah. I mean, they're only human after all. Uh, you know, but they did, they marketed it like it was going to be like, this is the new era, this is going to be a huge new thing. New trilogy, new series. Uh, and they spent all the time marketing the game instead of making it. 
And, and we were worried about this initially because for a long time they really didn't show any gameplay or anything right. in the game. We kept wondering what's going on. Why aren't we seeing the game? And, and then we, we saw that one gameplay demo that was underground. Mm -hmm. It was in the cave and you, it was some jumping. Mm -hmm. And sure, that looked pretty, but where does this fit into Mass Effect? Right. And then we finally found out why they didn't want to show anything. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. I'm, I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. And I love the franchise. Really yeah. uh, I'm not even, like, I even like the concept mm. of where they were going with this, which is that, you know, you, this was the fail-safe, this was the other plan, you are, this was a one-way trip, you have no way back, you are not communicating, you are on your own in this new corner of space, you have to make it work, and guess what? It, the, the, it's not like you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and you have to do it anyway. Like, I like a lot of that. I think mm -hmm. it presented some really cool challenges. Uh, I liked some of the new races. There were some really cool things in there. But the game was... It was a joke. It was not good. When it came out. And even after they did some of the bug fixes, it was it was too late. It was already just a meme. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was already just it's like what like, is it, like that, a, uh, that Miyamoto saying that uh, a delayed game is, is eventually good. A uh, a bad game is bad forever. Right. Which is true, but then it can also they're not always eventually good. Some of sure. them are delayed and delayed and delayed and then still bad. But where is Star Citizen? <laughs> they were they're having a uh, a live stream. Uh, unveiling of Squadron 42 today. They released a, a teaser for it yesterday. Are you oh, excited? You that game that was supposed to come out a year and a half ago. When should I, I am excited? Dude, Star you know, do you know he has seven ships now? I might have more than that. I'll what? I'll, I'll look. We we did Why? a we did a news update uh, on Star Citizen, and uh, that's where I found out that Gus had moved on from the two ships that I thought he had that he paid a ridiculous amount of money for, and I was like, "You're uh, you're a crazy person," and he's like, "I think I got seven. I like space. We can't do anything with them yet. Yeah, you can. Well, you can, you can look at them in your hangar, the right? Great, the great thing about Gus having all those ships is that he can just invite his friends to be part of his crew and like pilot them, and no, no. one else has to. Pilot. No, no, no. He, he no, bought me. a big cargo <laughs> ship to not let anyone else. Yeah, on. it's so mine. Which is very That's, typically Gus. That is a that is a weird problem with that game. Is me and some of my friends who are interested in Star Citizen. They're like, I I want to buy. The the, Bo the Borealis, I don't know what the fuck the name ships are, but like the Borealis, and it's like a, it's a five-person cool starship, name. and everyone wants to buy this at the same five-person starship, but we'll have no one to pilot it, because all of our friends have their own. Mm -hmm. Silly. But I like that game. You gotta, you gotta work together, yeah. I people. I tried playing the game a few months ago, and it's not a game, really. But they did release Alpha 3.0, which is supposed to be more of a game, yes. but no one's really been talking about it so much. So I've got, I'm most wrong, I've got four ships. What's the, oh, what's the monetary wow. investment there? Uh, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had a you had a nominee as well for overhyped. Oh yeah, so for overhyped, I mean the one that immediately jumped to my mind was Lawbreakers, which uh, that uh, I that at, I have under I, uh, nomination. I'm looking for at Steam flops. Spy here. They, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe this is flop. Uh, a total of seventy six thousand owners on Steam, and they. Oh. Uh, in the past 24 hours, they've had a peak of 24 players. Did playing. you? That's horrible. Oh uh, did you think it was a bad game though? Uh, I think it was unexceptional. Uh, and right. You can't. That right now, there's not a marketplace for an unexceptional game that had that doesn't have enormous amounts of backing to pretend it's exceptional mm. until people buy it and it's yeah, too I, late. I think about the giant banners I saw at E3, you know, outside the convention center and like the marketing that went into. There's a lot of marketing that went into, into that it. Game. That, and like. 
to now have, you know, there's more people in this building right now than are playing this game. But I think there's all, half of the people playing the game right now, like we could be half of those people. I, I we wonder, could increase the population by 50% if we all jumped online right now. I wonder, but I wonder if like, I mean, I guess you can easily in order to be, yeah. in order to be overhyped, like the marketing was hyped, but I like I didn't really hear many people like being, dude, I can't wait for Lawbreakers to come out, man. That's gonna be the best first person shooter ever. Like I didn't give a shit and I still don't give a shit. I played it and I was like, this is okay, but not my kind of game. Maybe it is a flop then, but I just I just thought about yeah. all the like the banners yeah. and the, the they tried to make it a thing. I saw going into it that just didn't go anywhere. I have another nomination. Okay, what's and your it nomination? It breaks my heart to say this, Ooh. but it's Destiny 2. <sighs> okay, uh, yeah. Um, That's that that is fair. It's a weird it's a weird thing because I put dozens of hours into that game. Uh, that actually might but be. But not hundreds. Dozens. But like, <sighs> I think everyone going into this, everyone saw, once we finally saw like the reveal of what the game was uh, around the office, the sentiment was like, as long as it's more Destiny, that's okay. I, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't go more, they didn't have things on a grander scale, but it's more Destiny, right, as, guys? As far as the uh, as far as the grieving process goes, what step is that? That's like accept that's like acceptance. That's the final stage of grief. Yeah, we started with the final stage of grief. It was more like it was more like preparation, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then I got it. And it certainly what felt like more destiny. Um, like I got through the story, and I did. I did really like the story, but I felt like some of the planets were really small. And the more as time went on, like once you get to a high enough light level, there's like other destinies. There's nothing really left to do. But that process is so quick and so like rewardless that it like it sucks. <laughs> like once you go through the raid one time, you're like all right, I don't really need to to do this again. And that felt a lot like the first Destiny, but there was less, like, I got almost all the exotic weapons in the first, like, two weeks. And, like, in the first Destiny, like, there's stuff to work towards. Like, you can... Well, they added all those, like, quest line exotics later on. Right. And it's like, those were very successful, or at least it seemed like they were. They were cool, man. They gave you something to do. It's just weird that they... That made... uh, It made having to redo something for the 12th time actually kind of like have a significance yeah. and then they just completely didn't carry that forward they've yeah. forgotten about it yeah. they did things like uh change the amount of xp you can get as you play more they did really annoying things uh like uh like uh one of those treasure chest timers and so i would be running like the th- one thing i would do was run around the worlds and collect the resources so i can get the tickets to turn into the lady and get epic gear or legendary gear and if you collect like three or four in <clears throat> rapid succession, which they give you an item to tell you where the chests are. So if you just run around the world, like you're going to collect four in like a couple minutes. If you do that, the next chests you get will be empty. And like you just won't get shit I out of them. I never so saw that. It's it's a huge fucking problem. That's a pain in the ass. Jesus. Yes. And also, there, there's something you can spend your glimmer on called cage chests, which give you a very good chance of having exotic loot. If you go and get all those five cage chests back to back to back... Uh, not only could you already be on the loot timer, but by the third or fourth, you will be on the loot lockout, and you'll get you'll get empty cage chests, which are a once a week thing. Oh my god! And it's just like a bunch of weird shit like that, um, and all the the exo- like. It seems like a lot of the things that they put in this game was to stop you playing. So. Yeah, yeah, and and they, they even even the exotic weapons, like exotics in the first Destiny, were something that really felt like they changed. The way you played, or the, the way your character like felt, like they were significant and impactful. 
like, for example, there was a gun that when you shot enemies, it would chain lightning to other enemies. And they actually kind of have that in this game, mm -hmm. but it's a little worse. But in this game, almost all the exotics I get just feel like more damage and don't feel significant at all or they're not game changing to the point where like I think for I think right now my character doesn't have any exotics equipped. I haven't played Curse of Osiris, but like they took away a lot of the, the meaningfulness there. Um, and and it, it's it's a the reason I think it's such a for me it's overhyped and disappointment kind of go hand in hand. It's it's a game that so many people are upset about because they love it so much. Like, they wouldn't be this upset about the game if it was a game that was just bad to begin with. Like, you see certain games like, people are people are upset about Star Wars because they love Star Wars, but no one really even gave the game a shot to be upset about it because it's all the stuff that led into it. But this game, like, people love the core mechanics, people love the, the universe and, and the friends they get to play with in that universe, and it's such a disappointment because they didn't, like, it, it doesn't feel like a, a, a Destiny 2. It feels like a Destiny expansion and it doesn't feel like there's any love behind it. Mm. Um, so for me, that's that's my biggest overhyped disappointment. Even though I played a lot of it, like the fact that Curse of Osiris came out, I'm not even interested in going back to play. It kind of says kind of says a lot. Yeah. So mm. you have any additional nominations, Ryan? No, nothing to think of at this moment. Right, it's so pretty much covered the list I was <laughs> So it sounds like it's mostly at this point between Mass Effect and Destiny 2. Are you sold me on Destiny 2? Yeah. That was a very passionate speech. Yeah, it's true. That's where I'm going. It was For me, it's got to be Mass Effect, just because I have so many years invested I, into that franchise. I get it. I, yeah, um, we might need a tiebreaker. Justin, I may need you to come out and tiebreak this for us, because we're going to be at a deadlock. Uh, what was more I agree, that, I agree that there oh. were some issues with, uh, with Destiny 2, that it isn't everything that it could have been. But I don't think it's killed Destiny as a franchise. I don't know. That's, I think I think I think I think, I think that's This kills me because I actually love both of these, <laughs> and they were the, my two biggest things of the year. This is this is uh, the show producer Whoa. Justin. Everybody. Um, man, I I I'm disappointed by both of these. Actually, it has to be Mass Effect though, because that like it killed that franchise. We may never ever see it again. Um, and it had the biggest problem. That they canceled you, the you DLC. Can, they did. You can be mad about Destiny 2, but you can also be like happily playing it and being like, there's this stuff I don't like, but I'm still in it. Mm -hmm. Well, you say that, but what, what really caught me about what Adam was saying was, I own the season pass. I yep. have the DLC. I have not opened it. Yep. And I know a lot of people like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I don't my see compelling reasons. All, all my coworkers who were playing on <laughs> PC that I wait like they waited to play PC together, and it was like going to be this big thing. None of them are playing. They played for like two weeks, got tired of like like the progression and the way the the game locks you out, and none of them are playing anymore. Like all my friends that I would be playing Dest even Destiny One, like I played them it with them, they're not playing at all. I, I will say at least right. Bungie still exists. Uh, Bioware Montreal does not. That's <laughs> the level of. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It killed, like it killed a franchise, go, yeah. it killed a studio. I feel like I could go play Andromeda now, and after having gotten a lot of their bugs addressed, it would probably be a lot more enjoyable, but I couldn't go play Destiny 2 now and have it be better. I will say we're, what, three months away out from Destiny 1, Destiny 2 launch? Something like that. And I don't think we. I don't think people were. Were people still talking about Mass Effect Andromeda three months after? Yeah. Were they? Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't disagree with Mass Effect <laughs> Yeah, no, it's also very yeah. I didn't. I didn't even play that one. <laughs> All right, so the pile of gross noodles goes to Mass Effect Andromeda. 
And now for our final category, biggest flop. Now this is game that came out and just face planted. No one wanted to, like no one played it. Uh, it did not do well. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe Lawbreakers should be Lawbreakers. <laughs> Lawbreakers is uh, my number one nominee. Uh, it's already single digits for concurrent players. Mm, that is so uh, rough. Peak daily concurrence is low double digits. That's not great, uh, and it is, uh, you know, I, I know that it's been a, a humbling experience um, for uh, for Cliff Blazinski, who created it and who was coming off of his time at Epic, where he created Gears of War, and you know, this was. Uh, it's got a seven out of ten on Steam. Shift. It's not a bad game. It's just it's that a crowded market. It's, okay, a, I, it's a crowded market. It didn't do enough. Unexceptional I think, to and unremarkable itself. are really good descriptors um, of that. And. You know, just not good. Yeah. Uh, my next nominee, One Two Switch. I'm nominating this because it should have been a pack-in title. This Agreed. Is, this was not a game. Oh, that's right. That it, wasn't a pack-in title. It that's came out. Shit. Some people <laughs> bought it because they thought it was going to be a game, Ooh. and then it was nothing but tech demos and just what. Uh, and milk this a cow? was. And this it's is uh, an experience that they had spent so much time on, from. Basically, from the announcement of the Switch, from the unveiling, when they showed all the different things you could do, it was all demonstrated via one-two Switch, and you thought this was going to be a, like a huge thing. Like a party game. No. Or really When's the last time anyone mentioned one-two Switch besides this? Uh, I, it was mentioned at RTX uh, London because they had like some new stuff coming out. Okay, so it was mentioned in uh, October. It's really funny. Yeah. Was it October? Was it? Was it October? Yeah. It was October? Yeah. Wow. It's really funny thinking about One Two Switch because that all, all the the marketing around that game and all leading leading up to it, people playing it, saying like it wasn't good, but they were dump like my, Nintendo was dumping so much like like push behind it. It, it, like it made Nintendo seem really unfocused and not look like they know what they're doing. Like it looked terrible, and then, like I think it gave a lot of people like like doubts about the Switch. Yeah. But that was the, like after that, like everything was great yeah. for the it's, most part. It's also fifty bucks. It's yeah, a fifty dollar game. It's a fifty dollar game that should be a packet. Yeah. This should have been the like what was the um, the uh, Adventure Land or whatever it was that came with Wii Nintendo U. That Land. was Nintendo Land. That was the like uh, four yeah. mini that, games that were at least cool. I really liked the thought, one that was uh, Luigi's Mansion was themed. Separately. Maybe we're thinking and different then, things. Maybe. Yeah, Nintendo Land I think was a separate. And game. And it had uh, well, it was that, a pack-in title. Packing launch title for Wii. Oh. Woo! Oh, sorry. Um, and you know, it had the little Animal Crossing thing. It was just like these weird little mini games that were again a tech demo essentially mm -hmm. to show you uh, how you could have this sort of asymmetrical gameplay with the Wii U gamepad. Uh, and then, you know, this—that's what One Two Switch was, except they wanted you to buy it. Yeah. That was silly. Yeah. Uh, next nominee, Mass Effect Andromeda for killing a franchise and a studio. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and I, a lot of bodies left we, behind we, it. We have, <laughs> we have belabored this one, uh, but uh, my final nominee, Agents of Mayhem, for me oh, forgetting it even came out, out. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I missed that one entirely. I played oh, it for a bit. It was the people that made Saints Row, right? Yeah. yeah. It was mm. exactly. I had to look it up actually to remind myself what it was. I totally it was gone. Uh, it was yeah. I think Arms might be one in my. You think so? Is it gone already? You think? It's not gone. I just thought. I mean, similarly, thought it was going to be a lot. There was like than it was. there was a big fizzle when it came out. A lot of people got it. And were like, wow, this isn't what I want. 
I'll wait. Well, I'll, I'll wait for a Splatoon. Right. Mm. Um, but that said, it does it does still get active updates. They're still getting new fighters, and I think there's still like a good fighting game community surrounding it. But like, I think for the mainstream, like you know, I was definitely one of those people that was like, "This is gonna be great." I'm playing the office with people all the time, and I got. I was like, eh, <laughs> kind of crabby. <laughs> uh, oh well. Uh, I think it's sold decent. I can't find more recent sales figures, but it looks like in July they were reporting uh, 1.18 million units. That's a and that's a 1.18 against uh, Nintendo Switch hardware sales of 4.7 million. So 50 percent attach rate. That's pretty uh, damn good. No, that's that's like a 20 25 percent attach <laughs> rate, which would at two this point put it as like two and a half million if it had kept with that, which I doubt it's kept up that quite that momentum, but Maybe it's around two million. Uh, maybe. Yeah, that's okay. It's not. A, it's not a huge flop. Uh, not maybe, a, maybe not huge, a, maybe but but maybe expected to do better than it was. Yeah. For me, it's still lawbreakers. I I, I it's yeah. crazy to me that uh, that a game that had the banners at E3 and that had the the backing of Cliff, of Cliff Blazinski has oh seven people playing it. All at all time peak. 7,400 people. Is the most it was on at any one time. And, uh, which again, is is not to say that it's a bad game. No. Because it's it's not bad, it's just that no one, Liked no one, no one engaged with it. Yeah. It was alright, but I mean, it was just a, like, uh, kind of, uh, what's the classification of game that that would be? It's like... Arena oh, shooter? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it. A, it was a hero arena shooter. Yeah, I thought it had a really cool character design, and the guns were cool, and the uh, abilities were neat. But you could like, fly. Yeah, that that was <laughs> that was kind of it. <laughs> I played like one or two matches, and I just didn't didn't grab me at all. All yeah. right, um, I think I'm thinking personally though. I'm thinking Mass Effect. Mass Effect, yeah. the biggest flop. Yeah, because it, it did murder a lot. It was yeah. I mean, it was super hyped and then super not liked. No one I knew bought it really. Well, except for maybe. Oh, but guys. if you talk about hype, we already gave it most over hype. I guess. Yeah, flop and hype are kind of closely related. They are. They are related. Yeah. I, I, I guess. Like, I guess in terms of financial. It's still. Numbers, it's, it's still sold. Not to expectation. It's, it's I think. Sold, but right. It's sold. Right. Okay. It actually made some money. All right. Then I guess. It did kill the franchise. So you know, flop in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Most refunded title, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Of this year, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see how much Mass Effect Andromeda sold. I'm sure it's more oh, than Lawbreakers. I'm sure they didn't advertise that number if they could avoid it. You can at least Steam Spy it and see how many people own it, right? Yeah. On oh, for, for, for PC. PC, although it is multi-platform, right. so it gets a little bit tricky. But you know, but then again, Lawbreakers also. But we have the numbers that we have, and they don't look great. No. So the owners uh, on Steam Spy are 1.7 million. So, um, yeah. And that's on PC. Yeah. All right. So it did fine. Yeah. I would say then Lawbreakers is probably the right choice here. Yep. Yeah. I go with that. All right. The pile of noodles goes to <laughs> Lawbreakers. So sad. <laughs> We're going to have to get some gross ass noodles. This, I wonder if we can Photoshop a, them on here. Just a pile of noodles. There'll be a great Foley effect that should go with that. Just. <laughs> All right, uh, so that about does it for this episode. It's not all bad. This was also a great year, and on the next episode, we will talk about uh, our personal games of the year. Uh, let's uh, end the year on a positive note, look at some of the great stuff that uh, that came out of 2017, and we'll also uh, talk about our, our resolutions on the next episode, because we are going to be leading into a fresh new year. 
what happened? Nothing. What happened? This is very minor. He threw this up in the air and I caught it. Oh, that's, that's cool. Light. It was very cool. I was thinking something bad happened. No. Something good happened. This is all positive. See, just yeah. like the next episode, something good will happen. All right, and uh, we will see you guys then. Uh, if you are a Rooster Teeth first member, make sure you catch our post-show, New Game Plus, exclusively on the website. That will be available. We answer your questions. Uh, you can ask us any questions you like at if you just email glitchplease at roosterteeth.com. Now, if you are listening to this episode via a podcast service of your choice, please make sure you leave the show a review. Let everyone know uh, what you think so that people can find this podcast uh, and enjoy piles of noodles as well. Uh, if you are watching this, please give us a thumbs up let us know uh what your uh, glitchy nominations and awards would be and we will see you next week gus's hair is on fire ah. <gasps>